Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. It's November 3rd, 1979, and another remarkable event is about to be uncovered by Aria, Rebecca, and Ali, the Retrospectors. In his long and storied career as a boxer, Muhammad Ali beat some formidable opponents, including Sonny Liston, Joe Frazier, and George Foreman. But as great as all those boxers were, none had damaged more teeth than the one Muhammad Ali bested today in history in 1979, Mr. Tooth Decay, who, in a weird melding of athleticism, public health messaging, and self-aggrandizement, frankly, Ali knocked out in the sixth round of a demonstration match featuring many toothbrushes being thrown into the crowd. Yeah, a boxing ring had been set up in the Washington Monument grounds of the capital city, uh, and a Washington Post article from the time describes how Muhammad Ali emerged, prancing about in a blaze of red silk, jabbing his hand in the air, and dazzling his awestruck admirers with his familiar brand of verbal pyrotechnics. Ali boomed, here he come, here come Mr. Tooth Decay, as his opponent in a white cape and mask strode into the (laughs) ring. Mr. Tooth Decay was, in fact, a professional boxer as well. It was Chuck Wepner under the costume, uh, who was the man who'd inspired Sylvester Stallone to write Rocky. Um, And this entire enterprise, despite obviously being essentially a public health message, was nonetheless being promoted by Don King. (laughs) So there was, like, boxing pedigree on the show, not just Ali doing a bit of um, celebrity endorsement. Wepner would hit Ali, and because he was actually a decent boxer as well, it was realistic that he would floor him, even the greatest. And then Ali, by brushing his teeth, would be revived... Off the ring floor. Look, kids, brush your teeth. Yeah, he'd then jump up and shout something like, want to see me get him? And all of the children would pop up and go, yeah. And he would then do his best to knock this guy down. But again, it was sort of a bit of a boxing match. At the same time, the ultimate outcome was preordained like many boxing matches. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe Mr. Tooth Decay threw the fucking... Yeah. <laughs> um, and just as he promised, uh, Ali did actually manage to knock him down in the sixth round, and it was at this stage that everyone celebrated in, yes, a hail of toothbrushes. They then just threw them out into the audience. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the album then, right? Because (laughs) we're talking about this day in history because this was supposedly the national launch of this campaign. But actually, there is an album. It's called Muhammad Ali and His Gang versus Mr. Tooth Decay, which came out in 1976. So this is three years in to Muhammad Ali being a representative of toothbrushing. And I, I find it fascinating because I guess nowadays when a serious figure does something a bit silly or something for charity or endorses a campaign it's i don't know more clearly delineated by context but back then like an album was Mm. an album you know lps needed to be pressed studios needed to be hired frank sinatra's on it dollars were paid (laughs) for this thing to be created which 
Have you heard it? I tried to listen to the whole record today. I got 15 minutes in and I couldn't bear it anymore. No, I agree. I got about the same distance in. It it has this sort of um, plot line interspersed with songs, one of which is kind of catchy, like the one that um, that introduces the the whole story. (laughs) And I would recommend going and listening to just a little bit of it. There's no reason to persevere with the whole thing because it really does turn into a bit of a plodding story about this uh, Mr. Tooth Decay, who's this villain who uh, tries to lure children into his web of evil by plastering (laughs) posters of cake and ice cream and candy all over town. Can we be real for a second? The accent feels anti-Semitic. Yes. (laughs) True. I think they were going for Russian, but they sort of Mm. ended up with Mm. this villainous Shylock type thing. (laughs) Um, But is that Tooth Decay's voice? I got the impression that was his mate Sugar Cube. A sugar cube. Oh yeah, sugar cube. So I thought it was supposed to be a Cuban accent, even though you're right. It's like clearly a pastiche of Yiddish. It's very weird. <laughs> I don't think that they had terribly much of a sense of what they were going for necessarily. <laughs> but what they ended up with was was a, a foundation for a couple of good songs. The main one being all about pretty much how great Muhammad Ali is. Like rather than being about how bad tooth decay is and what you should do to prevent it, it's just about like how wonderful Ali is at like destroying everything. <laughs> I mean, you can hear that it's his voice and obviously that's iconic and it does have a sort of there's a kind of Jackie Brown, Delphonics-esque quality to the sound, isn't there? Sort of that meets Hanna-Barbera, I would say, which right. acoustically is, is 70s satisfying. But I certainly would say hard to follow what is essentially an appalling radio drama. Yeah, yeah, it's essentially, yeah, as you say, Hanna-Barbera. It was at the same time that this was all going on on the Tooth Decay side, Muhammad Ali was also lending his voice to a short-lived NBC Saturday morning cartoon called I Am the Greatest, but also known as The Adventures of Muhammad Ali, because I think kids, you kind of have to spell it out, uh, in which he fought crime. So this, you know, the, the LP follows a pretty similar format. It does sound like a Saturday morning cartoon. And it is Muhammad Ali helping neighborhood kids defeat Mr. Tooth Decay. Um, it's not all fun and entertainment, you know. A label on the front assured parents, quote, the information on dental health contained in this children's record is considered by the American Dental Association to be in accord with current scientific knowledge. Um, <laughs> I have to say the kids are not the most compelling actors. But no. then again, they are for some reason being directed to say a lot of their lines in unison. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's super weird. At one point, they shout out in unison, "Hey, that's Ali. What's he doing here? Oh, he's so big and handsome. Wow, let's get his autograph." Which, as bad as it sounds, when it's just one Australian guy doing it, sounds really <laughs> weird when it's a chorus of little American kids. <laughs> it was nonetheless, though, nominated for a Grammy. Uh, the LP we're describing in the category of children's comedy record, which you can't imagine there was a great deal of competition for, and it did lose to yet another incarnation of Peter and the Wolf. I mean, where we are in Ali's career is at this point where he's really trying to pivot away from being a boxer to do a bunch of other things. And he'd always wanted to try his hand at music. And you can see in his uh, (laughs) rhyming a kind of... I don't know, like almost proto-rap, but then also... Oh, totally, but not in this. No, I mean, not a hint of that mastery in this. Literally not a hint. (laughs) Uh, Excuse me, at one point he rhymes here with Zaire. (laughs) (laughs) But also, he was a controversial figure, wasn't he, in America in the 70s? You know, he was unquestionably the greatest as a boxer, but a lot of people Mm. went off him after the Nation of Islam stuff and the conscientious objecting. So this was, look, I can be wholesome and an all-American. He had an eye to his legacy as a personality, not just yeah. as a boxer. 
I mean, it really speaks to how much his public image had been rehabilitated from the late 60s. You know, it cost him not only his titles, but four years of his career at the peak of his power. But in the 70s, I I guess he kind of benefited from two things. One being that, you know, the anti-Vietnam War sentiment became pretty mainstream, Mm. if not the majority opinion. But also then he was also embarking on this triumphant return run that made him a sports legend. This is the time where you had the rumble in the jungle and the thriller in Manila. So you had these two things coming together. So that by the time you get to 1976 and up through the rest of the 70s and permanently, really, you could consider Muhammad Ali the kind of American hero who could speak to the nation's children, who deserved to be endorsed by the American Association. You know, that is really an incredible shift from, you know, in 1966, he's being portrayed as a, you know, dangerous black Muslim radical. Mm. And you can see how this uh, effort to change his image was uh, being sort of promoted further by the second album that was planned but never delivered on, which was going to be Ali versus Drugs. Oh, Arian, I've got to call you out right there. It was made and it was released. No way. Yeah, it wasn't Jimmy Carter on it. Well, Jimmy Carter... I know it sounds like I'm now just making this up as ad-lib comedy, but honestly... (laughs) Um, Jimmy Carter plays himself. Right. Um, It's a cautionary tale about cocaine addiction called Dope. The Dope King's Last Stand. They didn't have the balls to call it Ali versus Mr. Dope. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Frank Sinatra is back again in this one. Uh, you also had Billie Jean King, Lily Tomlin. They were all wow. involved in The Dope King's Last Stand. And it ends with like, oh, kind of stirring narration over the strains of Battle Hymn of the Republic. It's, uh, it's a real trip. So now you've heard that because you've dug it out of a more obscure place, Rebecca, than, than Spotify, because I heard the Tooth Decay one on Spotify. Yeah. Where do you have to find this one? Uh, this was in YouTube. Right. Also, I would, well, the other thing I learned from looking at YouTube is that even though Muhammad Ali versus Mr. Tooth Decay did not win the Grammy, it was reissued in like different edits. Mm. So there was a version that was made with a voiceover from President Jimmy Carter which couldn't help getting involved in these educational LPs. And then it was retitled President Jimmy Carter in The Fall of Mr. Tooth Decay. See, I'm, I'm glad that you've now listened to and described the drug one for me because I knew that it had been made, but I couldn't find it. But it, it sparked the same thing, in, the same impulse in my brain as when I remember we did an episode where this fact came up a few years back that Michael Jackson narrated the audiobook of E.T., yeah. Do you remember that? And I was like, yeah. And it produced by Quincy Jones. And I've never listened to that. I'm sure it exists on the internet, but it's on the same list, I feel. But it's enough for me to have just heard you hear it. That's enough for me. <laughs> I don't need to sit through it myself. I mean, I would recommend starting with The Dope King's Last Stand because, like, the, the, the up, you'll feel a real uptick in quality when you get to Mr. Tooth Decay. <laughs> and so another week of retrospecting ends. But next week begins a day early at Club Retrospectors. Join us now to get an exclusive episode every Sunday. Patreon.com slash Retrospectors.